What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. Today, I want to suggest that maybe there's an interesting little trend going on in the world of effects. I don't even know if trend's really the right word. It's just something that's kind of here and there, and I started to notice it more and more and more, particularly with a release that's just new, that's just been announced, um, that's coming out, and with some more information on that. And it just kind of got me in this train of thought about something that I see now and again in the world of effects pedals. And, you know, actually kind of more broadly, actually, in terms of guitar gear, we're going to look at some amps today as well. It's kind of surprising for where we're at in, you know, with our technology, with the gear that we're generally using. It kind of goes against the grain a little bit, but I wanted to throw it out there as a bit of an interesting thing and see if you know, anyone has any thoughts out there, throw out some thoughts as to why maybe this is going on and, you know, maybe why this stuff could be more inspiring and more interesting to you and solve a problem in your playing and in your your gear, like trying to get stuff together that inspires you and that you enjoy using. That maybe this trend is here because some of us get more inspired in a certain way that avoids the kind of more mainstream, yeah, kind of path that the technology of most of our gear is going down. So... What got me thinking on this train of thought is I saw the announcement for the new signature pedal from Jackson Audio for Mateus Asato. Um, He's got a new pedal coming out called the Asabi. Uh, Looks really, really cool. Um, If you don't know who uh, Mateus Asato is, amazing guitar player, brilliant, fantastic stuff. Um, Go look him up. But uh, he had this, he's got this pedal in the works. It was kind of announced and talked about before, but it was kind of, fully brought out and you know announced and the name of it and everything um you know compact nice size overdrive and distortion pedal and it's got a ton of features on it um it's got your usual kind of three band eq you could draw volume and gain um but it's basically like a dual thing with an overdrive and a distortion so it's kind of got like a a lighter overdrive and a heavier overdrive is the idea kind of like a you know kind of like a i think the 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 drive circuit that's kind of lighter is kind of a plexi-like sound, and the higher gain one is modeled on a JCM 800. Very kind of familiar stuff. If you were to just think, oh, someone's got a pedal and it's got an overdrive sound and then a heavier distortion sound, you'd probably guess it was in that ballpark as a as just a, a point of like <laughs> probabilities. And you know, in this case, you're absolutely right. That's where it is. Uh, so the idea is that it's got kind of like break up and kind of nice crunch sounds all the way to like searing high gain stuff um there's also a bunch of clipping options that are, you can cycle through by holding down its foot switch. it's got you know like a bunch of a bunch of cool options you can do just with the two foot switches that it's got on it um it's got these different clipping circuits one's like a Marshall governor style one's a proco rat style and two are kind of based on the sort of riot so you've got all of that kind of in there as well um that's on the distortion side and the overdrive side is vintage muscle style tube screamer style asymmetrical clipping symmetrical clipping so it's really going for this can do everything that you need to do if you have a clean amp your pedal platform amp whatever this can do all of the gain sounds you need you don't need your like pedal board half taken up by six different drive pedals and like this is my kind of dirty one in this way and this is a slightly dirty one in another way and here's my just uh, just broken up a little bit tone and now the, there's no room for delay or reverb or anything else because the entire board is it's just dry pedals that makes it appealing to me because man i get stuck on wanting like every distortion sound ever and don't want to buy 
pedals because it's just an addictive rabbit hole I do not want to fall into. Um, but anyway, it kind of solves that, which I think is cool. I think it's appealing to a lot of players right now. Um, it's also got this gain cycle thing where you can like jump between different gain stages like on the fly by setting, you know, the foot switches to certain things. And then you can set it. You have these four different gain stages you can set at and then you can jump between them um, by pressing the foot switches in a different way. So just with this compact kind of nice, you would say like standard size pedal, two little foot switches on it you're getting all of that it's amazing um i feel like a lot of pedal companies and pedal builders are doing a great job in terms of fitting a lot into these smaller packages all of this is really interesting but i'm sure you're all thinking like yeah this isn't the craziest stuff definitely some interesting features on there definitely a very cool feature set and when it's all brought together quite a unique feature set but yeah you know what what's the trend here for fitting loads of features in a pedal it's not particularly interesting to bring up you know it's kind of related to that but what got me most interested about this pedal is a standout feature that I haven't mentioned. Um, and that's that it has analog plugins, as they're calling them, quote unquote plugins. Um, and these are actual little circuit modules that you can buy separately to the pedal and swap in and out of the pedal for completely different sounds. So the pedal automatically ships with one called Modern High Gain. That's the kind of everything that I've just talked to is kind of related to that. Um, that's that's the kind of default one that goes in there. Um, but you can swap these out, buy another one. You take out the little module, the little circuit module, pop the new one in. You've just completely changed the sound of your pedal. So obviously, yeah, crazy, even more versatility. Another feature that opens up even more drive sounds. You just have every drive sound with this one pedal. Um Great. But what got me more interested was this modular idea because I just, it kind of, I kind of thought it was cool. And then I started to think, I keep hearing this actually more and more. There's like tons of pieces of gear start to come to mind in my head of like stuff that uses a modular setup. And it's funny because every time it comes up, every every time like you're talking to people or you, you kind of read stuff that people write or you, you listen to idiots like me blabbing on about it. And someone always goes like, oh, that's a weird thing for 2019 2020 2021 right like someone eventually usually pretty quickly actually says that or something along those lines of like oh it's funny isn't it? it's a weird thing to be doing it's an old school thing to be doing it's a kind of uh retro style thing to be doing these are all the words that people use about it but then once you've heard that like 10 times in the last couple of years you start to go like wait a minute is this really an old school thing i mean i get what you're saying in a way it really is but like we're kind of doing it quite a lot, actually. There's quite a lot of pieces of gear coming out right now that are doing it. This is not like a one-off. And every single time we kind of talk about it, like it's a one-off, like that's a weird, quirky feature. But actually, you start to just sit back and think for a minute, this is really freaking common, like really, really common in a bunch of the gear that we're using. And companies seem to be really keen on making modular kind of stuff, little plugins, bits you take out, bits you put in for different sounds. That is a really common concept right now, you know, and, and people often go like, that's a weird thing for right now, because I think they relate it back to like, um, you know, rack gear and stuff from the 80s. And, you know, of course, like putting cartridges in and taking them out kind of takes you back to like old school stuff in electronics and it kind of has like a like video gamey cartridgey feel as well to it so it all feels very retro to people but there's actually a lot of stuff when you sit back and think for a minute that uses this module kind of stuff that has come out in the last few years um 
There was, from Boss, there was the Wazza amp when they kind of launched the whole Wazza craft thing, which you see on their reiterations kind of, of their pedals that they've been doing some classic pedals where they do like the Blues Driver, the Wazza craft version, slightly higher end, a bit more expensive. They tweak some things, they add some options to it and stuff while keeping it in the standard Boss enclosure. To launch that, they did this kind of almost like a concept amp is the way I think of the Wazza craft amp. It's insanely expensive. It has an enormous amount of features. A lot of these features that they kind of tested on that, they brought into all of their lines since like the next tone amp and even the katana range has some things like the kind of resonance controls and stuff um and definitely the technology this tube logic technology which is in um the next tone amps and, and all the stuff like that um that the boss have been doing all those lines of amps and like i say even some of it filtering down to the katana amps in a way um you know this was not just launching the wazacraft but it was kind of launching boss's newest frontier that they've been pursuing for the last kind of five years in their amps which has been incredibly successful and impressed a lot of people in terms of how good their solid state amps are sounding um you know kind of conquering every little part of the market um in terms of what you can offer solid state at all these different price points kind of pro level practice amps, practice amps that could still be used pro level i mean they've been killing it in terms of what those amps can do the wisercraft kind of launched amp launched that whole thing um and it kind of launched it with a bang and it was kind of like a concept car is the way that I've always looked at the Wazza amp. Because it's... My understanding is it's insanely expensive. It has this crazy amount of features. Like, I think it's more expensive than, you know, buying, like, a 100-watt made-in-England Marshall. Like, if I remember rightly, it's, like, a, it's an ex, it's an insane amount of money. Um, it has crazy features. It's a really niche thing. Like, I think it's freaking cool, but there's not that many people, even if we all suddenly had a ton of money there's not that many people who are going like that is my dream amp or whatever and you know this is kind of dream amp kind of money kind of thing um and it's you know it's insanely powerful as well it's like 150 watt and there's i think it's like a 75 watt version as well but massive as well this thing's huge um it's an absolute tank it kind of looks like halfway between a kind of mesa boogie tread plate and a kemper unit like it's kind of almost like they had a bizarre futuristic Terminator timeline baby. Um, it looks monstrous. Um, doesn't look like an amp. Terrifies the the pants off any guitar player. We like simple things with two knobs on it. And here's this terrible monster that's looks like it's going to try and eat your children in night or something. Um, it's great. It's actually really beautiful looking as well in its own way. It's really really cool looking, but it kind of almost doesn't look like an amp. It's a very niche thing. But a lot of it, like I say, was kind of launching the Wazacraft thing, being like, this is high-end, this is the best of the best technology that we could bring out. And that kind of, you know, launched the idea of the pedals and got people familiar with what this mark from Boss was doing and what it meant. So that when those pedals came out, we got like, oh, this is what, it's a more expensive pedal. It kind of helped ease us into that. Um, it was a showy-off thing for like people in the market as well, which is often a concept car kind of thing as well. It's like, this is the best we can do. This is not for like, hey, look, a new product all of you want. It's like here's a thing to announce and kind of you know it's a bit of like a a statement thing you go this is what we can do this is how we have the best engineers we have all of this stuff and you know with the, the concept car as well like some of those things start to filter down the, into the model ranges and obviously the higher end more performance-based models will have more in common with a concept car than than you know like the kind of family saloon or whatever they bring up further down the range but there'll still be little touches and things that go in there like the aerodynamic scientific testing that we did for 10 years on our concept model 
informed the look and the design and the aerodynamic touches of even the family so that kind of thing that's almost like the wisecraft thing it's like this is what we can do we can do insane things with boss we're crazy scientists look at us look at how amazing we are and then you know the next tone and the kind of more expensive solid state amps have you know touches that you can kind of see they they kind of learn from doing the Wazer amp and then even down to the katana there's like you know little bits still there even like yeah look we we're this amazing and this is the we're the same people that build these other amps so even if you're buying a cheap little practice amp from us it's relatively cheap you know you're you're getting the stuff from the people who can make this kind of crazy stuff like the Wazer amp it was almost like you know you're not expecting people to, to really buy it you're not expecting that many people to buy it is what it is you know what i mean um this is like a crazy high-end thing that's all, there's as much a statement as it is a product in the market. Um, maybe a little bit more product in the market than a, than an outrageous concept car, a little bit more than that. Um, but it's still like out there in a statement and it's doing a lot of that as well as being a product in the market. The Wazaramp, a big thing about that was it has modules. It has these little things called the tone capsules, um, which look like little tubes. They're deliberately designed to look like little tubes. I guess just to scare us <laughs> technologically backwards guitarists. It's too scary. It's all digital and scary. As I can see, it looks like a tube. And we're like, yay. It looks like the Fallout games. <laughs> it looks like what old-timey people thought the future would look like um i'm okay with this now it makes us feel more comfortable um but you know they had tubes uh little tube looking things they're actually tubes that you uh plug in that are called tone capsules there was a steve Vai legacy one there's other ones as well that completely changed the sound of the amp and of course this was a concept that they brought over from the roland blues cube line if you're familiar with that the roland blues cube um really nice amp you know, the idea was that it was kind of Fender style, very much going after the kind of Tweedy, anything Tweedy-esque um, or Deluxe-esque or anything in that range. It was going after all of that sort of stuff. And this was, you know, pre the next time and pre the Wazer amp, you know, when the stuff was still going under the Roland name, that was the boss kind of announcement into the market of making high end and at every possible level solid state amps that can compete with tube amps. That was first coming under the Roland mark, of course, you know, same thing roland boss but in a way but um coming under the roland area first you had well they did the cube line really highly rated and excellent practice amps and they you know that even had some kind of higher wattage ones it was still very much practice amps but you could get louder and definitely uh, jam with people with them and do all that stuff and have great tones um you know they brought out the roland blues cube line as like a hey this is a pro level amp that competes with all of the tube amps on the market doing this kind of thing and at a price point to match you know this was before boss were doing the same thing um really 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 cool also this is where the tone capsules came from so this was a modular uh system as well you swap out these little tube looking things that actually have a bunch of circuit in them and it completely changes the character and tone of the amp they had like ultimate blues sparkle clean new york blues um and they also had artist ones again just like there was the steve Vai one for the wazza amp uh for the blues cube you had like eric johnson designed uh with boss a blues cube tone capsule robin ford did as well um, and they also got artists to work on their other ones like the ones called new york blues and stuff like that these were designed with famous session blue session musicians and stuff as well um so you could buy your amp it came with a stock one in there um or or came with a couple of stock ones 
uh, you know maybe it was like came with the sparkle clean and the ultimate blues or something like that Swap you could swap them in and out um to change completely all the sound of the amp um you don't you could change the amp you know tone of the channel without them as well like there's there's a the blues cube um i know there's different levels of it so i'm not sure if this applies to every version of it there's like different wattages it's like a stage and an artist and whatever but um you know they have multiple channels on them you can still swap between clean and dirty sounds there's a bunch of sounds on there whichever one you have in but it changes the overall tone and flavor of the amp by swapping these in and out so it's another modular amp system um which is really cool Another one that maybe people are more familiar with, it definitely gets more airtime on YouTube and all that stuff, is the Synergy system. Um, Synergy amps, you know, uh, if you're familiar with um, HP42, Henning Pauli, he's shown off the Synergy stuff a bunch of times on his channel and talked about the predecessor. I mean, the Synergy idea went back to like that was a thing under randall amps was it for a while and you kind of go back and this idea has been around for a while and the technology has been refined but the tech actually has been there for a while this modular amp system and i think it even came out of you know kind of when rack stuff was still going around a big um and you know it's been around there for a while obviously refined um they've now got you know their licensing working officially with these amp companies so that it's the official you know names of the actual amps on there and stuff whereas before if i remember correctly it was all sort of you know the kind of classic modeling thing where it would be called like you know american high gain or something like that if i remember right um back in the day this was kind of the precursor to the synergy stuff that's what the synergy stuff directly came out of as well um my understanding is if i remember right did it it ended up with as part of boutique amp distribution so now the names within boutique amp distribution are the ones that get their official racks in the synergy module and there's a couple of like synergy modules as well that are called you know just more generic things i think as well but you know you get all these actual big brand names in as well because it's in the same group anyway um very much looks like a rack system if you haven't seen it um rack system kind of thing what you have is i think it depends on which synergy unit you have but you have um you know kind of two channels essentially but instead of channels um it's not actually right to say that you have two spaces for two different amp modules and it's these modular systems with your you know eq controls and your volume and gain controls and everything across the front it's like you've taken the front of your amp imagine a control band on the front of your amp you pop it out and bring it towards you and it has all circuitry and stuff behind it you pop that into this rack system and uh you've got a little little amp in there you got and you got two of them side by side so the idea is that um i can put two completely different amps that you know i'd have to have a whole stereo system to have these two amps in here amazing boutique amps i can have one in there in one slot one in the other slot and i believe a lot of these are two channel as well the individual modules are two channel like if the amp itself that it is based on is a two channel amp the module for synergy is also two channel that's my understanding i believe correct me if i'm wrong um but the idea you know is for example like they've got bogner diesel you know classic amps like the bogner uberschall and 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 stuff they got engel friedman Friette, Morgan, Soldano, Steve Vai also has a module in this because, you know, you got to get Steve Vai on board, man, to sell the gear, man. Got to have the best, craziest guitarist, you know, so to sell the gear. And obviously, he makes everything sound amazing. So why not? And he's in all the gear nerdiness stuff. Designed a module for this as well. No stranger to the module stuff, I guess. Um, you know, 
his marketing quote from him is like, why, you know, why have one amp when you can have all the best amps or something? Why have one great amp when you can have them all or something like that? Uh, it's the marketing quote from him they use. That's the idea of this. But, you know, you could have like a Morgan, super amazing, clean and sparkly and all that stuff in one module slot and then have a Bogner in the other slot. And you've got like insane, expensive boutique drive tones, insane, expensive boutique clean tones all in the one system. That's the idea. That's what's behind it. Again, modular. So, you know, you, you you buy it with a couple of the modules and then after a while you want to swap it out, get a whole new thing. You don't have to buy a whole new app, whole new system. You've got your Synergy system. You just need to buy uh, your new module that takes your fancy to pop it in. And of course, they don't need to bring out a whole new amp line every single time they want to work with someone new or bring out a new product. They can just bring out a new module or a new series of modules or an update to the modules they have. Um, so they could do that as well. Uh, another one that from the pedal world would be the Cooper FX Arcades, which is a multi-effects unit, but not as you usually know it with this kind of bigger unit with all the buttons and knobs and everything on it. It's just got four knobs, two foot switches, pretty small pedal, little small screen on it, and a little cartridge slot. And you pop cartridges into this pedal. There's four cartridges, delay, pitch, reverb, and lo-fi. Um, and each of those cartridges has eight unique effects on it. Um, so like on delay, you have a bunch of different delays on that cartridge and you switch between them using the, you know, simple controls on it. There's a bunch of deeper, more complex stuff you can get to with Cooper effects. You can do assign foot switch elements and I think you can do express, yeah, expression pedal on it and you can do MIDI in and out. You can do all these different connection options with it. Um, but uh, you know, basically it makes it really simple. You've got this little screen, you, you you use your foot switch, put your cartridge in, switch between whichever, you know, you put delay cartridge in, switch between your eight delays, then use the knobs to control the parameters and the screen shows you which parameters are which. Um, you know, it does a bunch of cool stuff, ambient stuff, like glitchy stuff, VHS tape kind of gritty stuff, does some grainy stuff, a lot of really great stuff, kind of ambient players and people that like making textural stuff really love the Cooper FX arcades. The cool element, obviously, the retro element, the cartridges is a cool element to it as well, but the sounds on it genuinely are extremely versatile for the one pedal. Um, you know, it's a bit like having, it's a multi-effects thing, so it's almost like having a bit of a, you know, boot boutique ambient textural effects board there which you know would be an expensive thing to build if you want to take pedals like the blooper a very cool pedal but what's that 600 bucks or something a lot of these pedals that can do you know and these pedals don't just do one sound they can do an enormous number of sounds as well in, in their own right um but you want to build up a board of these like you know cool odd textural glitchy grainy kind of sounds uh to run the gambit of those and some ambient delays and reverbs and washes in there yeah you know that's you get four or five or you know three versatile pedals from these cool unique builders that do that those are some expensive pedals man um the cooper effects idea is that yeah you know like a it's like a multi-effects but instead of like a multi-effects for someone who wants to get into effects or pedals or guitar in general uh this is like the the multi-effects for people who are like man i've been watching tons of chords of orion and i want to <laughs> i want to make some massive soundscapes and some crazy sounds i've never made on a guitar before and some beautiful lush reverbs but i don't want to buy five of these insane awesome but very expensive boutique pedals the cooper effects arcades kind of caters to that but again does it through 
a modular system. I could go on and on. I could list some more gear. I'm not saying they go on forever. There's not tons more of them. It is a fairly niche thing. It isn't a trend. That's why I kind of then art over that term at the start because it is against the grain. It isn't the trend. It isn't really... Is it a trend? I don't know, but it's, it's, it is a weird thing. It's a niche thing. All of these products, like you can hear, they're kind of the weird thing, right? When I say it's pedals, it's not like, you know, the new line from the biggest pedal company it's not the pedals from boss and when boss do it they do it on their kind of crazy concept app or they did it on the pre-boss amp lines roland blues cube and it hasn't necessarily carried forward into like the katana and all the mainstream marketed you know boss lineup it's kind of in the stuff that's in a bit more of a niche you know it's not something that's being utilized by a whole swathe of you know booty pedals or textural pedals or ambient pedals but there's one that does do it that's going for more of a multi-effects feel it's not being used by a bunch of signature pedals or a bunch of pedals that go after versatility it's not being used by if you look at drive pedals that try to capture a huge amount of different array of drives if you've got like the bonsai from jhs or you've got other pedals like that they just have a a knob on the front a switch and you just switch between the different modes that's what most of them go for they don't go for a modular element like the asabi coming out from jackson audio so why are we seeing if it is such a weird old tool thing if it's a niche thing if it's not something that you market really that much as a big mainstream flagship thing why are we seeing these products pretty consistently that have a modular element to them I think it's cool. I think it could be something that people could either dismiss as a gimmick or see as a cool little USB selling point. It's an interesting thing. It helps you stand out in a very busy marketplace. It's marketable as well in a way because you can hit the idea of versatility and say this is more versatile than everything else because you only need this one unit and then these cheaper things you buy to add to it. It adds to that idea of versatility. And it also, you know, to be like a cynic about it for a minute, it adds to that idea of versatility, which makes it marketable in a certain way. But it also does it in a way where there's this extra marketing thing where you can sell me more things. I buy something and then I have to buy more things with it. That's a classic marketing thing that you actually see a lot more outside of the guitar community, which is like you buy this thing and then there's all these extra things you add to it. That's a classic thing that the base price, the thing in itself is not that ex- is a nice, attractive price, not that expensive. It, it's accessible. But if you really want to get the most out of it, this is where it's at. The big USB is you've got to start engaging with all these extra things, which, of course, add-ons cost money. You know, talking about cars earlier, cars do it, of course. Um, you know, there's so many things to do this where you add on these elements, modular or not, um, in nature that you kind of... Um, are expected to engage with rather than you just you buy it and that's it usually as guitar players we prefer the latter we uh sorry the, the yeah the latter we prefer that simpler stripped down not having to buy extra things you buy it and that's it that's what we prefer as guitar players that's what we used to i think guitar companies are smart enough you know they're made up of guitar players as well they're smart enough to know that they know that yeah most of our amps most of our pedals we're going to sell are you buy it that's it you know whether it has uh screen and thousands of menus and layers of menus you can end up going through and editing menus and you could do a million things with it it's still just this one unit i buy it that's it or whether it's a simple little pedal on off switch three knobs that's it 
It's still, you buy it and that's it. They know that that's gonna be most of the stuff that we're interested in and that's what we tend to prefer overall. However, there's still this little niche and it's not just the marketing thing that drives the launch. It's not just the things that I've covered so far. Um, it's kind of building on that and it's kind of deliberately in contrast to what we usually prefer. So the great thing is that there's it's such a saturated market and such a big, full, bustling market with everything online, YouTube reviews, um, so many boutique companies getting bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, you know, room and space in the market that's been filled up and filled up and filled up and is now a very saturated market. There's so much in it now that you start to see people finding room for everything. You know, there is enough of a big, busy, bustling, competitive market that's so full that you can deliberately create a product that's almost the opposite of the norm and you will find a space in it. You're basically finding niche after niche after niche. And what all these modular things are doing, not necessarily in their core concept, but what drives the general idea of seeing more and more modular things is basically selling to people who want to have their cake and eat it too. It's selling to people who want both of the two things that I just pointed out previously. So I just said that we like to buy something and that's it. We don't like to buy anything else. Okay, that's great. But, you know, companies just have to realize in the guitar community, they don't always get to do that thing where they sell you an extra thing and an extra thing and an add-on. Usually it's kind of the update. They buy this thing. Oh, two years later, here's a better version. Oh, two years later, here's a new thing. Oh, two years later, oh, we combine the best of this and the best of that to make a new one. A bit more of that rather than you buy something and then you keep buying add-ons, keep replace this part, replace that part. Of course, we, we do that in modding with our guitars as well. But the, the guitars are not sold um, with that purpose in mind, with that as a core part of the marketing, like a modular system like this. However, there are those of us that don't necessarily crave something modular specifically. I don't think there's a big craving for that as much as I think it's cool and other people think it's cool, like the Cooper FX thing, cartridges, isn't that cool thing? That doesn't really have the legs to be much more than like a cool extra thing to some people, to some people a gimmick. Doesn't really have the legs to go much further than that. So I don't think there's love for modules at, per se on a big marketing front. Of course, there's some people that will love it, some people that think it's cool, but on a on a thing that you can really market that many people, that's probably still too niche. But what isn't too niche is this. Guitarists who want all of the versatility that comes through editing, apps, extraneous elements. So I buy a Boss Katana. There's a tone studio that I can plug it into my computer and do deep editing. I buy a, you know, textural, ambient kind of leaning pedal. And it's got a bunch of set kind of standard functions which you access through the analog controls. But then if you go deep diving into the menus, that's where you really get the versatility. Great. Everyone wants that. That's the way the whole market's going. The way the whole market's going is apps that attach to your pedals, that attach to your amps, that you know, that attach to everything. Um, deep diving editing apps, deep diving editing that you get to through an LCD screen on the pedal, on the amp. That's where all of our gear's going. You don't need to go through the list of things that do that. It's everything. We all know that's where the actual trend is. But within that, here's the niche that the pedal and the amp market is now big enough to also sustain. The ni- the niche in there is also people who, you know, look at that and go, you know what, that is cool. 
I don't just want, you know, uh, Blues Junior or something, or straightforward amp. I don't just want a deluxe reverb. I do want something that has more of this editing, more of this options, more of these things that I can access to, you know, vary my tone up. And, you know, I like this one week and then the next week I want something totally different. I love that. But the reason that I own a Blues Junior or a Deluxe is because I hate looking at screens. I don't want to look at menus. I don't want to download another freaking app. I already do all this, all these apps, all these programs and shit for everything else in my life. Guitar time is about me and the instrument. And I'm comfortable twiddling around with knobs on pedals. I'm, <laughs> I'm comfortable, don't laugh. I'm comfortable filling around with controls on an amp. Beyond that, I don't want to do it. I don't want deep dive menus. I don't want this. I don't want that. How do I get all the versatility? And, you know, variation is what it's also about. It's not just versatility. It's about how do I get something where I can completely change it one week to the next, where I can change my taste without having to buy a completely new piece of gear every week, but avoid deep dive menus and downloading apps and updates and all this crap. I think that's what this does. I think that's what modular systems do. I don't have to buy a completely new piece of gear. I don't have to download an app. I don't have to go into deep edit menus on a tiny little LCD screen as if I'm just, you know, answering emails on my phone, which I already spent the whole day doing because that's what we all do all day. (laughs) You know, I spend all day looking at screens anyway for work. I don't want to do that when it's guitar time. But I do want to have something I can change week after week, day after day, on the fly, completely turn it into a new piece of gear, but without having to actually buy a new piece of gear. This is the way you do that. I mean, I think the Cooper FX Arcades is a really clear example of this. Um, like, if you were if you were saying, I'm going to bring out this pedal. I wanted a small enclosure with, you know, not crazy amounts of knobs on it. I don't want it to be as big as a Strymon. I want it to be this smaller enclosure with just a few knobs and a couple of foot switches. Great. Okay. So it's going to be a delay or a delay slash reverb, but most, well, no, I want it to do lo-fi sounds, glitchy stuff. I want it to have a couple more edit options, a couple more functions per knob, blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So to do that, you're going to have to do a big screen taking up most of the pedal and you're going to have to go through editing menus or you're gonna have to attach an app to it and go through editing menus and you go no i don't want to do that i don't want to do that i'm fine having a screen on it to tell you what the different effects are or you know to to show you a number for a preset or you know as you turn the knob you can see which parameter you're changing that's okay but i don't want to have people going through layers and layers of menus no i don't want to do that how do you do it then how do you how do you have your cake and eat it in that case how do you avoid all the menus avoid the apps avoid this that and the other but have an actual moldy effects unit that can do textural ambient stuff that can you know hit all the points that you would need to to have essentially what is the cooper effects arcades now the modular thing is a solution to that the cartridge system that they devised for the arcades is kind of the solution to that the synergy amp you know i want to have this thing that people have where i have the system at home and i and i'm doing home recording and i need all of these different sounds and this week i'm recording x so i need sound x and next week i'm recording y so i need sound y or i want to have all this at my fingertips i'm going to i'm going to be doing filthy high gain sounds i want to have some classic clean sounds i want to have some you know, an, an array of different crunch tones that have completely different character in them. I don't just need a versatile amp, you know, a, um, a Marshall 
uh, DSL as a versatile amp. It could do a good amount of things, but you know, I, 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 it always sounds like a DSL. It always has that character. I need completely different character, but I don't want a Kemper. I don't want an Axe FX. I don't want to learn these systems. I don't want to have you know, 15 different plugins that I'm downloading, that I'm updating, doing the software updates, spending more time just looking at the screen with my click in my mouse to turn the gain up and clicking it again to turn it down. That is not playing guitar for me. That is not where I'm inspired. That is not where I'm writing. That is not where I want to record. Synergy System solves the problem. Synergy System gives you that changeable completely change the character change it from the foundation ground up system of a camper on xfx but it's analog i don't have to mess with screens i don't have to go into that i don't have to bother learning this new system it works like an amp all that happens is it's like i literally the system on a synergy is like i've i ripped the control system out as if i'm hulk you don't have to do it there's nice little latches and stuff but you know it's almost as if i just reached him out pull the guts out of my amp and shove the guts from a Bogner in it and then go, no, I don't want to pull the guts from the Bogner out, shove the guts from a Friedman in. That's what it's like. And it's hitting this niche in the market, which is I want that system which you get from like having a, uh, you know, like the 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 Kemper or the Axe Effects or the Head Rush or the Helix or, you know, in terms of an individual pedal, it's like having one of these pedals that comes with a screen on it or an app attached to it, which lets me deep dive and edit everything. Or with an amp, it's like having, you know, there's the base level of the Katana, but then I can really deep dive the editing by plugging it in. I don't want the app. I don't want to have to plug it into my computer. I don't want to have to download another program. I want it to be analog, but completely changeable. Modular system. I think that's what it's for. I think that's why it's there. I don't necessarily think that's the core concept in each of these individual products I've talked about. Uh, I think there's different reasons as to why they came to that decision and creating the technology they did for the tone capsules, to the cartridges for the arcades, to whatever. But I do think that that is the idea of who it then appeals to. I think that's the market. I don't think it's necessarily the cynical thing of, yeah, I, yeah, buy this and now you have to buy more because I don't think guitarists would really go in for that. We We kind of like buying a single unit that does it all anyway. But... Um, I think that's what it's for. I think it's for bearing that in mind, the idea that we kind of want to buy a unit. We don't want to buy loads of expensive extra things necessarily, but it's about giving us the versatility that is becoming a core component of so many pieces of gear these days. It is the general flow is if you make something, it has to appeal to everyone. Um, you know, there's almost the standout mark now making a product that's like, you know, an amp with three knobs on it and you're like, it does one sound and that's what it does. And it does it amazingly well. That's almost the realm of the more expensive amps. You know, that's almost some, not always, not always. You've got the Pro Junior and stuff, but that's almost the standout. That's almost the realm of certain amps. It's like, that's our amp in the range that does that. It does that one sound, no deep diving, no anything. It just does it simple. Um, a lot of us guitarists really like that, though. Um, those things are still really popular. That's the reason that they're still in a lot of ranges. But the general things that get marketed, you know, at the really attractive price points, hitting the mass market, trying to market it to as many people as possible, are things like the Katana, are things, obviously, you've got the, the Kemper and Helix and everything are very, very popular and successful. But at the level of pedals, at the level of things like the Boss Katana, these things which are marketed to as many people as possible, um, you know, that is the trend, is that there is the simple unit in itself, so you can just access it and get great sound straight away. And then all of the options of versatility come through apps, come through these extraneous softwares and blah, 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 deep dive edit menus on a tiny little LCD screen. Um, 
And I think there's a lot of people that want the perfect mix of the two. I don't want to be deep diving. I don't want to be doing all this. I don't want to have to download an app, but I do want the completely changeable, reshapeable system. Modular is a cool way to do it. So anyway, that's what I think. I think there's probably a bunch of other reasons too, but I think it's a cool thing. And I think the reason it appealed to me is because that kind of is me. I want the completely switchable, change the whole thing around, make a totally different feel. I cannot be asked with apps and screens and all this crap. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do all that. So all of this gear that I talked about, I think is really cool. It's really attractive to me because the idea that I can recreate stuff, like the Cooper FX Arcade is something I've looked at for a good while. I love all this. I, I love this, that I can have it simple and just engage with it. But then if I do want to change it all out, I don't have to go to an app or anything. I could you know, completely change the whole system by pulling something out and putting something else in in an analog way. I don't know whether I'm just like an old man at heart or whatever, but that appeals to me. Anyway, enough blabbing about gear. I want to end with suggesting some cool music for today. This is a cool um, performance, a cool video um, for a song that is definitely worth checking out in its own right. But basically, Sergeant House recently dropped a video for the song Microaggression from Mutoid Man that was off their album Warmones. Um, and this was actually a video that was apparently uh, just hidden in their vault of cool media. You know, they came across apparently at Sergeant House this uh, video recorded in 2017 um, of Mutoid Man performing Microaggression and they've thrown it up today. Super cool treat to find. Um, Mutoid Man are freaking awesome. You're going to love this track. It's great, great, great stuff. A little under two and a half minute, brutal little slice of awesomeness. So I've linked to that in the description of this podcast. Microaggression, Mutoid Man. Go and check that out. Get inspired. Play a bunch of guitar. Look after yourselves. Look after one another. As always, I will catch you again tomorrow.